Hi, everyone. This is Meredith Root, and welcome to the Afternoon Snack Podcast, brought to you by Tactic Nutrition. Hi, I'm Alex Parker, owner of Tactic Nutrition, former lawyer, CrossFit Games athlete, turned health and fitness geek. I'm also into health and nutrition, a more recent CrossFit Games athlete, co-owner of Tactic Nutrition, and former engineer. We are here to have fun, engaging conversation about some of our favorite topics, including nutrition, health, coaching, motivation, and of course, CrossFit. Our goal is to give you something to think and talk about and hopefully make you laugh along the way. What up, Alex? Not much. You doing okay? Yeah, I just, I needed an hour to recoup. You walked back in, well, okay, what did you do? I ran, so Tuesday has been my long training run for the marathon. Today I did 32 kilometers, 20 miles, and I finished about an hour and a half ago, and then was horizontal for about 45 minutes. You actually said to me, when I came upstairs and I, I was like, are you like, are you okay? Do you need me to get you anything? I think you actually said, please don't talk to me right now. I was like, yeah, those Touché. last few kilometers didn't feel good. Yeah. To say the least. Yeah. But hopefully like, I guess, like I keep saying, that's what training's for. Yeah. So when rest, like race day rolls around and you're tapered and well fed, you're. Yeah. Do you feel like you had six more miles in you? Because that's like 32 kilometers is 20 miles. So you're only six miles away from the full. The full thing. I, I think I could have done it. It would have been ex- excruciating. Um, but I don't think I'm like, I'm, I'm not ready yet to yeah. run the marathon. I'm not ready. Like mentally or physically? Both. Yeah. So interesting. Um, well, I'm glad you're okay. I was worried I still, have, I still have over two months to train. I know. I'm like, when are, like, what? What are you doing? What happens next? I guess just more speed work for you. Yeah, I think I drop volume down a little and start working on the marathon pace, which I feel like I'm at. So maybe the marathon pace will get faster as I get in better shape. Yeah. Better running shape. So we'll see. Hmm. We'll see how it goes. I, I think I'm, I'm more worried about the duration than anything else. Yeah. And just like the pain I feel in my body, but more running will be better. So we'll see. Yeah. That'd be cool. The first event for the the games, which was Masters and Age Group and Adaptive, is a running event, which I like. I wish they would do like it was a long, relatively long, I guess, for most of the divisions. It was four four point five miles, which was just like run. They did laps around the field. Um, I don't know. I I would like to see a a, a long run in for the individuals too, which we might. We don't know. Yeah. But I think it's a good test, good mental test. Plus, like, you know, online competition kind of lends itself to a lot of weightlifting and strength and power-based. Yeah, there are rarely ever tests of just purely running. Even at, even at semis, there wasn't really anything. They couldn't really. Like, they did the, the ruck at West Coast Classic. It doesn't count. But that's more of a, and we saw that in 2019 with the ruck. It's like, yes, it's beneficial to be a good runner and a good like aerobically fit but rucking is different than running Mm -hmm. it's a it's a different test so i think it would be really cool to to just put a straight up like 10k in for people yeah like if you're at the crossfit games you should be able to run 10 kilometers i mean they all can it's just a question of like exactly how bad is it for people yeah exactly um 
Okay, so we're going to talk about CrossFit Games today since yeah. it's starting tomorrow. We're going to get we're well, going to do a little the individuals uh, are starting tomorrow. CrossFit Games, I guess predictions episode. Not really predictions. We're just like we're not enough in the mix. Like you read chalk up and you have all those guys who are just like looking at all the stats and they're, they're like making predictions analysts. and I'm just like But here's I the don't difference, know. right? I and see like, I see who I follow and I see like who who did well at semis and I'm like, "Yeah, I kind of like them. I'll cheer for them." I'm not going to say like I know more than these people because I I don't know the stats. I don't follow like every single athlete. It's not what I do. But the advantage that we have is that we have done it. Mm-hmm. And so like there's a, a knowledge that comes from the experience that like analysts don't necessarily have. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that gives us a a different angle. Yeah. And like I don't know, our predictions so far have been pretty pretty good. Yeah. I think. Um, okay, so there's two elephants in the room. Yeah. I thought there was only going to be one, but now there's two. Uh, yeah. We really should start a timer to make sure we don't spend the entire episode on this. Yeah. So the two the two elephants in the room that we should talk about um, right out of the gate are the uh, the drug testing, the positive drug tests from team from team and now what we're seeing with um on-site covid yeah so let's start with the drug testing with teams so as expected about four weeks three to four weeks before the game started we started catching wind or getting word of failed drug tests because if you don't know what that process is like they test you at say at semifinals or regionals and then within two to three weeks you have your result and if you're negative nothing's in your system you're not notified carry on which is pretty standard procedure across other sports and testing organizations and then if you are tested positive you're notified and then kind of immediately the appeal process begins which almost everyone appeals i think and that process um can be quite lengthy and so that's why it's not announced immediately after the you know, the, the positive drug test. Cause they have to, you have to do the, the B sample testing. And if you're getting lawyers involved, like now they're going through all of the, like the chain of custody on sample handling and all this stuff. So it kind of drags out. So there were five teams that tested positive or had one of their team members test positive out of semifinals. Um, One, I guess it was not technically a positive test. She was just sanctioned under USADA from weightlifting. Um, But the other four were. And so um, then the the place is, the spot is backfilled to the next team in line. It's it's standard to backfill for for positive drug test. Interestingly, (laughs) when Meredith qualified for the games, if you're not familiar with the story, she got in because the girl who won, Emily Abbott, at regionals that year, uh, failed their drug test and then lost the appeal. And so when she got the invitation as a backfill, because she was sixth at regionals, they flew somebody out immediately after the invitation to drug test Meredith. They didn't. It was before the invitation. Oh, okay. Well, whatever. Yeah. To make sure she passed a, posi- a, a drug test before they invited her to the CrossFit Games. Yeah. So they do take drug testing seriously, at least on an individual level. They used to. I wonder, like, I don't know if this is the case, if they flew somebody out to drug test those 
backfill teams? Well, I think it's important to understand how drug testing for teams works. So it's not as cut and dry as individual. So you have a four person team. Only two of the individuals are tested, which is stupid. So you're not testing the entire team. Why wouldn't you test the entire team, especially when like the positivity rate is quite high? Yeah, they might they might change that policy moving forward after this year. It's not something that doesn't answer my question. I don't have a good answer for that. Probably money. Yeah. Um, Drug testing is very expensive to do, especially like, you know, they're running the full water panel. It's it just it costs a lot of money. CrossFit, you'd like to think that they have a lot of money. They don't have that much money. So they're paying out of pocket for this stuff. They're trying to just like, I mean, you think 50, 50 shot, it's, you know, it's better than nothing. So, mm-hmm. um, I don't think it's wrong to do it that way. Um, but I do think maybe it could change in the future as the sport grows. Do you um, know how much it is for one test? Gosh, I know, um, if you were to run, um, if you wanted to test yourself, it would be around a thousand dollars. If you want to, if you say, I would like to run a WADA banned substance, full panel on myself, urine analysis, that's a thousand dollars. I imagine that they, they would get a discount, um, with like through drug free sport and then these labs for doing so many, but I don't actually know. Um, yeah, so two out of four team members are tested and then I'm like, I'm not positive. I would go in on a, a limb and say probably didn't fly anyone out to test backup team yeah uh, which i think they would have done for individual just because the precedence is set and it's individual is a bigger competition than team so can we talk about the one girl uh she was on move fast lift heavy yeah chris harris's team yeah so she tested positive for dhea which uh, if you don't know anything about dhea it's a sub it's a, a naturally occurring um, hormone in the body, it's a precursor to your sex hormones. So testosterone, estrogen, progesterone, DHEA increases those levels. Um, <clears throat> it's not actually available over the counter in a lot of countries. It's not available over the counter in Canada. And I think most countries in Europe, you can buy DHEA <clears throat> right off the shelf in drugstores in the U S which is crazy. <clears throat> and the reason it's kind of crazy but it's weird because you can't get advil cold and sinus off the shelf in the u.s yeah yeah it's also you shouldn't in my opinion be able to buy melatonin off the shelf yeah you can do that um okay. so dhea is routinely prescribed in like it's it's something dhea is something that's measured on blood blood tests and it's kind of indicative of hormonal health um if you have low dhea there are a number of reasons that that could be a number of causes and there are a number of ways to fix it that don't have anything to do with supplementing DHEA. But a lot of doctors will prescribe DHEA. Like I guess a lot of like shift workers and stuff. Yeah. It might. It's sort of training. Yeah. It's an, like it's an indicator of that, like quote unquote adrenal fatigue. Mm-hmm. It's just when your DHEA is low, you don't feel well. Yeah. Like you're just kind of like low energy, foggy, um, low libido, no, de- no desire to train. And that kind of goes to like, well, what do you, what does DHEA do in <clears throat> women? It's helping, it's increasing levels of estrogen and testosterone, which are <clears throat> both, um, the most, those are the anabolic hormones in the female body. And so when DHEA goes up, we see higher levels of those typically. And so motivation to train and output goes up. And then if testosterone is going up also, like, obviously that would have a positive effect on, muscle mass and performance. And that is why DHEA is considered a 
performance enhancing drug. Now, her argument, <laughs> I love, I, I didn't even, I don't even follow people. As soon as they get a positive drug test, yeah. I go to their Instagram and I'm like, what kind of bull, bull <laughs> excuse? Yeah. And that wasn't bleeped <clears throat> out. I just, I didn't say that word because I'm trying to keep this PG, but what kind of excuse they're going to have yeah. or explanation to try to protect their reputation. Yeah. Cause it's so interesting. It is. What's it going to be this time? I think in this case, like if you take what she said at face value, <clears throat> which I almost never do, but I'm, I'm willing to do for the sake of this argument. Um, she's saying that she's into holistic medicine. She takes a lot of supplements and this is one that she takes herself to, you know, fix a number of problems. Um, <clears throat> DHEA supplementation in young individuals is stupid. And the reason why they prescribe it to older people and not younger people is that prolonged supplementation of DHEA increases risk of hormone related cancers like a lot so your risk of breast cancer goes up your risk of cervical cancer goes up because now you're manipulating your hormonal status and in a like unnatural way you're taking exogenous hormones um and so number one it's really dumb it's a really dumb supplement to take from a health standpoint from a health standpoint so it's kind of ironic that someone who says they're really into holistic medicine and health is even taking DHA mm -hmm. to begin with yeah. because like if someone who's in holistic medicine and health like knows anything at all that's not the supplement that you take okay um okay the second <laughs> the second problem i have with that and it's it's this problem that you kind of see periodically when people get positive drug tests it's like have you even read the drug testing policy like it it lists out everything that's banned yeah in the drug testing policy and if you're not sure you can then go to wada and look at everything that's banned on wada you mm -hmm. can search you can type in dhea oh dhea is a banned anabolic substance who knew i guess i won't take that like it's it's i is this a professional sport or is it not yeah. like I understand team is a bit more amateurish. I get that. There's no team manager who's like, hey, by the way, I don't know what supplements you're on, but if you're on any of these, stop. Yeah. Like, you don't, maybe, I don't know, like in the Olympics, I guess you're, you're a little, watched over a little bit more closely. Like there's less independence in an Olympic sport because you have an assigned coach. You have maybe a dietitian working with you or, uh, trainers, things like that, where you're reporting what you're taking. Yeah. Maybe that's a little bit less likely in CrossFit, but at the same time, like it's pretty easy. Like you said, it's pretty easy to find out. And honestly, like if you've been in any sport or CrossFit at all, like you should know, like drug tests are a thing and people get positive tests from taking supplements even like things like protein powder that aren't third-party tested like why yeah. wouldn't you go the extra mile knowing that you're at a you're on a pretty dang elite team yeah that is is gunning for a game spot yeah exactly which brings me this is a bit of a it's it's related but it's a little bit of a just the olympic the girl who is in the olympics yeah the, uh, u.s olympic trials oh the sprinter yeah who got um tested positive for marijuana yeah and everyone's all up in arms about her not being able to compete oh it's just marijuana well how come like it's not hard to not smoke marijuana like everyone knows that is on the banned substance list yeah regardless of whether it's legal or not like straight up she shouldn't have done it right 
and people are like defending her like allow her to compete she broke the rules like yeah i don't understand how anyone can have an argument against that i guess the the argument that some people are making some people are making the argument like oh it's just marijuana and i get that but it's also your responsibility responsibility as an athlete it's a a rule it's just a rule i guess some people are a little upset that they think that the rules were applied in a an unfair way based on precedent that have been set with other athletes like michael phelps okay um like i can't remember the other one who also had a marijuana thing and it's it's one of those like it it happens so infrequently like yeah i think that there isn't really a precedent set and so any inconsistency looks like a bias and it might be a bias and if it is a bias and that's something to be upset about and maybe we find that out later but when you when you back all the way up it's in the rules yep and whether the argument shouldn't be like whether like the argument if you want to make the argument maybe it should be should it be in the rules but the fact is it is in the rules right now and so you have to adhere to the rules as they're written yeah but um i'm a rule follower so yeah do you i guess it, the bigger question so understanding like 20 20 positivity rate for teams there were five backfills that are whether they were tested or not, we don't know. So just based on statistics, you could probably assume that at least one of the five backfills would also have a positive. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just sort of an interesting caveat, not something to be debated because we don't know. Do you think that there is a drug problem in the sport of CrossFit? Oh, wow. Uh, like, I really want to say no. I really want to say no. And I want to be... Um, almost ignorant to the fact that there are like there ha- like the positivity rate is so high. I think at the very very top level, it is not a problem. I think at the team slash cusp level, people who are like maybe disqualifying for semis, there it is more of a problem. Yeah, like in the past, it seems. And again, I'm not familiar with the statistics. It seems as though there's a higher positivity rate among random testing outside of the, the qualifications for the CrossFit Games. Yeah. So like at regionals, the people who are coming in like 30th place who are just randomly picked, mm-hmm. they get a positive test. And I guess randomly should be like air quotes. Like, I don't know, maybe somebody's reporting them. It's often a snitch. Um. But I think it is. it is more of a problem at the the kind of the lower elite level rather than the top elite level yeah those top like those top athletes and there's so many theories behind the way oh crossfit covers up positive drug tests i don't know i i literally don't know um but they are testing those athletes at different times in the season like yeah. off season and stuff um even uh the guy who was third ricky ricky gerard like you he he's still been tested periodically during his yeah his suspension yeah. so that's good um and so you know it's going to be a little bit harder for them to like cycle off yeah knowing not knowing when they're going to be tested and to be honest crossfit doesn't really have an off season maybe nope. like during covid there was maybe more of one but in the general season it's like you have you have Wadapalooza in january so you don't even it, that's months away from the season yeah you have a lot of summer competitions so Unless an athlete isn't going to any of those competitions, which you don't see very many elite athletes only doing the games. Right. They're getting tested at all those events. 
yeah or it's likely there's it's, a chance yeah 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 because yeah. they started testing at those the bigger events back in like 2016 2017 yeah. i think yeah do you think it's a problem i think there's three concurrent realities i think that at the upper amateur level lower elite probably more people because there there's incentive to break through for whatever reason yeah. i don't think there's actual real incentive to take drugs i think people just they want to be good and so i think that you're they right. want to justify all the time they're spending in the gym sure um but i think that's there's a reason why you see that and i like i agree i think that it's more of a problem at the lower level um the second reality is i think that there are elite athletes who probably use drugs and just do a better job cycling because they have people who know what they're doing yep that's with, um, valid with micro dosing and stuff like that so it's literally there's a way to take it and never test positive and um i read something on reddit a long time ago and it was this this guy that did kind of a tell-all and he'd worked with like professional tennis players like all these people and he was like oh there's there are ways to to take testosterone and to take peds and so like such small doses at at f frequency like a uh like shorter windows so that it never accumulates in your body at a level that would be tested or generate generate metabolites that would be tested but it would be enough to have a performance benefit, Correct. especially when you're looking at things like insulin hgh stuff like that. i got an email from a guy he i think he like dm me maybe i put something up about like a positive drug test or something um and he was like you wouldn't you wouldn't believe the number of like crossfit athletes i've heard of that are you know doing yeah and i'm like okay how do you know this and he's like well i'm gonna send you an email you remember that oh yeah he I do. sent me that long email explaining like it was basically that conspiracy theory on why crossfit encouraged drug use early on in the sport and yeah and it was like covering up their top athletes yeah. and i just i, I, I like, didn't even is... respond i was like i don't know who you are but you've made this up i i i just you know these these athletes do work really hard and i just i don't want i don't i hope that that's not the case yeah so um but anyways Unless there's like really really like compelling evidence i'm not going to believe just some random guy emailing yeah. me no so um i think but yeah i do think that there's probably a couple who are just really good at cycling and um the third reality is that there are a whole lot of really good crossfitters that are completely clean and yeah. um i think that's kind of the the bigger reality i think the people at the top of the sport are just they're genetic freaks with a ridiculous amount of work ethic and they've they found a way to you know to train the human body in a way that you can get sort of start to reach full expression yeah um but yeah with any anytime you introduce money into sports like you're incentivizing performance you're going to see some people are going to try to then use performance enhancing drugs it's it's inevitable yeah but i think uh you know they're doing a decent job with drug testing and weeding them out and or at least you know disincentivizing it because no one you know no one wants to be that person right especially when sponsorship money is where a lot of people make their money as soon as you have a positive you're kind of kicked out onto the streets more or less okay so do you want to move on to the next positive testing yeah the next elephant which is covid and i don't know why i didn't even consider this possibility until it started happening and i like i don't know why because it was there are a number of olympic athletes who were disqualified before competition because they had positive covid tests and then yesterday it was announced that bethany shadburn tested positive for covid and then this morning it was announced that dan bailey who had been on put on who had originally tested negative 
because he was in close contact with Kara Sanders, who had a positive travel-related test, but then a negative test. So she's good to compete. But she was training with Dan. Dan tested positive this morning. So Dan's out for so the competition. So then how does that work? Did Dan get it from... Probably before. So he probably got it she's... on the, the tail end of when she was contagious. Oh, that sucks. Yeah. Um, but, okay, so what's the most interesting is, of course, I'm like... Well, two things. Number one, I'm like, d- is she vaccinated? Because, like, we all know the va- the vaccine. People are still testing positive and getting COVID with the vaccine. Yeah. But there's a reduced risk. risk. Well, the rate, the symptoms are mild. Sometimes you're asymptomatic and the transmission rate is significantly lower. Yeah. So my question was, so then when we looked into this i think you bred it from arm and hammer's page which was directly from crossfit's press release on the topic they were only testing athletes who didn't show proof of vaccination so you had two options as an athlete coach volunteer or judge you could show proof of vaccination or you could get on-site testing but i wonder how far ahead they knew that because in my like and and i heard I don't, I don't remember the exact athlete it was, but there was an athlete who, who, who tested positive and can't compete in the Olympics. And it was, I don't know if they said, if they quoted them or if it was speculation, but they thought they were not vaccinated because they were afraid of the negative impact the vaccination was going to have on their training and sure enough, they can't compete at the Olympics. The thing that they were training for for the past five years. Yeah, and it's like, had they, you know, there's no 100%, I'm 100% sure that they wouldn't have gotten COVID, but the risk would have been, like, greatly reduced had they just had the vaccine. Right. And, um, and in Bethany's case, like, she might not have gotten COVID, but she wouldn't even have been tested had yep. she got the vaccine. And then her two training partners were still waiting to see um, Carrie pierce and daniel brandon who like are close contacts Mm -hmm. and their coach who you know is Mm -hmm. a close contact with all three of them are now being tested every day and they have to do they have like special requirements with like segregation and separation and distancing basically Um, have to compete in like separate like because they're waiting to see if they they subsequently test positive after being in close contact with bethany so i'm like if if Bethany knew or if any of these athletes knew ahead of time, like if you get the vaccine, you're not going to be tested at the CrossFit Games and your competition won't be in jeopardy. Like, did they know that early enough? I doubt it. Well, I don't know if it matters if they knew it early enough. Like the fact of the matter is COVID's still spreading. You know that there's going to be a testing protocol because like state governments require that for sporting events and mass gatherings. So whether or not you know exactly what the policy is going to be like there's a way to significantly i mean there's enough there's enough other arguments for getting the vaccine right in my opinion um but beyond being able to like not get tested at the crossfit games yeah i I actually i heard the other day and it was on cnn so i mean if you guys are not cnn followers that's fine sort of left-leaning yeah it is but um they said that and i didn't look up i think I don't know if you looked at the statistics in the U.S. or just in Canada, but only 50% of the population in the U.S. is fully vaccinated, which was very surprising to me. It was like ahead of Canada, and then it just seemed to come to a complete halt. Yeah. Like everyone who wanted to get vaccinated got vaccinated, and that's it. 
and and yeah. you know cnn is is pretty vocal about it it's like you know these people who aren't getting vaccinated you're the ones you're the one to blame for the fact that this delta variant is spreading and blah blah, yeah. blah. we won't get into that but I, I was just surprised that there was that many people who didn't get vaccinated i'd be curious to know how many crossfit games athletes weren't vaccinated well we're gonna find out i think oh we will no i'm uh, that's just it's kind of a joke but like i i'm worried i am worried for if this begins to spread oh yeah i'm also very curious um to know oh, i lost my train of thought like the the yeah um yeah this isn't a vaccine podcast or anything like that but it's just it's interesting to see to like i i don't fully understand decision people's decision making process and who you know who influences what and i get athletes who are very much into the sport probably don't spend a lot of time researching covid or watching the news or anything like that so it's easy to develop opinions that maybe aren't well formed um and we have to respect their right to have those opinions but it's mighty ironic when competition <laughs> mm-hmm. is taken off the table for you know all because you didn't want to get a vaccine that might put you out of training for what max like a week no meredith the vaccine doesn't just put you out of training it completely messes up your cycle it allows the government to track you (laughs) right yeah affects your fertility yeah i Mm. mean there the the negative side effects just go on and on have you not heard Mm -hmm. there's so many i learned a lot about that stuff when i read through the comments section yeah a lot of like a lot of people like let her compete um explain that (laughs) how's that gonna work (laughs) maybe she's actually kind of sick like she hasn't come out and said anything people like was she even sick? when she might be like the delta variant is making young people quite sick yeah so uh, i hope she's not i hope she's okay but everyone's young and healthy what's the risk let your immune system do its job like you know why i get the flu shot every year i don't want to get the flu I don't like getting the, I've had the flu and it sucks. So I don't want the flu any more than I want COVID. End of story. Funny enough, we were listening. So we, we were on Savon's podcast. So we will listen. If Dave was on it, we listened to his. Daniel Brandon, who's Bethany's training partner, was very anti-COVID, anti-vaccine on his podcast. Yeah. And if you know Savon, he's super anti-COVID, anti-vaccine. He has his, his theories, which are, you know, if you're fit and healthy, you don't need to worry about COVID. But yeah. so she's, you know, we'll see how that pans out. Yeah. Hopefully uh, no one gets seriously ill. And I, it's sure. just a yeah. learning lesson for everyone. But yep. um, yeah, so that's that'll be something to keep an eye on, I think, as the week the weekend goes. Um, it's short enough where maybe we get everybody through and then you learn about cases after the fact. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll see. But I hope I hope it doesn't spread. I hope it doesn't turn into like a thing and make people who have uh issues sick um all right let's get into the games shall we uh the events that we know so far we're starting off tomorrow event one with long swim longer paddle so that's going to be a one mile swim in the algae lake and then a three mile paddle and the paddle this year is not a prone paddle board it is a kayak um what do you think about that event i don't know (laughs) <laughs> it's i don't understand fun. why they have uh fin- fins yeah i thought that was an interesting addition because um so 2019 was a long swim and that was a thousand meter which was the longest swim in crossfit competition to that point and that's a long swim thousand meters is a long way so i was thinking how are, like there's really like a mile is 
sort of off the table and then they said it was a mile and then they said well we're gonna give people fins so the people who are good swimmers are extra good and the people who are not good swimmers are you know they can get through it I think it could just be like if you're gonna use fins I think you could just do a shorter swim it's the same people are gonna win the swim leg it's not gonna separate it's just gonna prolong um and I think it's swimming with fins is a, a little different it's there's like a specific reason to use fins and I think if people haven't been swimming with fins then they're gonna maybe be in for a rude awakening when their feet and calves start cramping up about halfway through that's a good point I yeah. don't know enough to to comment yeah it's just interesting I think it's unnecessary like that's it I think you could make that an 800 meter swim a thousand meter swim like you did in 2019 and the it would it would not affect the finishing results at all yeah but then you don't get to say it's a one mile swim so um maybe that's it i think the kayak's pretty cool because there's a lot of technique in kayak yeah i don't know enough about that either yeah. at least it's a change from the prone paddleboard yeah it's at least like, it's not stand up paddleboard or something silly like that yeah i don't yeah that was you remember the one year at wadapalooza they tried to have stand up paddleboard yeah and then the I was like, you're gonna try to have it, <laughs> it in the bay. It was too windy and yeah. too bumpy. So then they canned it. Yeah, which was smart. Um, I love the swim events. I always have. Um, so even with the fans, I'm kind of excited to watch it pan out. Um, swimming's an interesting one. It's such a high skill, like, um, modality that it it kind of goes it it kind of goes against the way that CrossFit is programmed, uh, like in a lot of other events because it's anyone with a swimming background just has a distinct advantage so you kind of have to pair it with and they've done a better job with this in the past few years they pair it with a run or a paddle or something that maybe kind of evens the field but I think a mile there's no way to even that field yeah like if a good swimmer is going to beat you know a mediocre swimmer on a mile by five to seven minutes and that's going to be very hard to catch to make up on a a kayak Mm -hmm. yeah so um but like though. you don't need to win the swim to win the crossfit games like there are enough events that if you're if you're a crossfit games athlete and you know you're bad at swimming like it's easy enough to get better at swimming oh, i totally um, agree. like look at matt fraser he did it and he like Rich. yeah yeah you just you work at it and you get good enough that it doesn't do you don't do any damage from a swimming event yeah it's like middle of the pack mm-hmm. even like middle back is okay yeah it's the first event there are eight more events before there's even a cut this year so plenty of events to to even that out um the second event the second one that was announced has they haven't announced the details but it's going to have the pig which is if you're not familiar with what the pig is it's kind of a tire implement but it's long it's like a a rectangle kind of cube heavy and you just flip it down the distance of a field or whatever or in alex's case you don't flip it (laughs) down the field even i flipped it once oh you got it once there was an event with the pig in 2015 and i was i couldn't i okay in my defense i was like 128 pounds yeah um but i i couldn't flip it i was like ever and the the crowd was really rooting rooting (laughs) for me and like i would get it almost up and they would start cheering and then it would like crash down on me. Oh, and yeah, the whole crowd. Oh, like one of those. <laughs> so like as if I didn't feel bad enough that I was like failing, the whole crowd just like, oh. At least they didn't start giving you like a clap, clap, 
clap clap the only the only thing was thankfully i was wearing sunglasses because i did start to tear up because it was embarrassing <laughs> but also because like everyone was like doing the event and i but there was somebody else amanda goodman also couldn't flip the pig she's so, so little we, we were like together she's yeah. so short that she couldn't get it up and over but her one of her shoes fell off in one of her attempts so at least that didn't happen to me i am like legit worried for colton mertens I think he's gonna get squished. He's he's in trouble. Short. He's like five foot two. That'll be interesting. Yeah. But the pig, I think I don't think anyone, maybe besides him, none of the girls will have problems with that. No. Everyone's strong enough now. I mean, I think someone will. Like someone will. You'll you'll see someone struggle with it. But the pig's been around for so long. Maybe they make it heavier. Yeah. And like it's not a brand new implement. Like most people have touched touched one now. I like it. I like strongman implements. Um. What else do we know? We know that I think it's event five. So that's going to be the rope climb, skier, sandbag, carry. And they announced that they're using a Hustlefell bag, which is shaped like the strongman Hustlefell stone. So it's kind of like a triangular shaped sort of flat bag. That's going to be interesting. You have to carry it differently. And it's, I think, going to be a little bit heavier. So that's going to be, that's a great workout. I think that's a great workout. It's like four rope climbs, 400 meter ski, sandbag carry, four rounds. Yep. Just like super classic CrossFit with a strongman implement. And then the handstand walk. And then the handstand walk, which we don't know anything really about that one, except like we've kind of saw a, a clip of it's got the ramp. It's got the parallettes. We don't know if there's coming, there's something coming before that or if there's something immediately after. I would have a hard time believing that it's a standalone event. Maybe it could be. Yeah. And it just tests that one skill. Yeah that'll be they kind of had that in 2018 at the very end didn't they they did but it was like it was more so it was remember that was the yeah. first time that the parallettes came out but then they also had the zigzag mm-hmm. course which i think is a neat way to test handstand walking because it's not just like in a straight line um so yeah we'll see about that one and then the snatch and then the, the, the snatch i think will be after the cuts the snatch is after the cuts yeah so that's going to be on saturday or sunday it's after the fields cut down to 20. Yeah, that'll be fun to watch. So, um, yeah, I think between clean, clean and jerk, snatch, snacks, like that's the coolest mm-hmm. 1RM event. And you, I, I like it. What are your thoughts on the cuts? Yes or no? Oh, definitely. I think um, it's a, you know, it's a professional sport. There are cuts in other sports. Like the people who are getting upset about it, maybe they haven't played sports before. Like there's an, people are trying to make the argument like, well, these international athletes you had to go f- like jump through all these hoops and spend all this money to come compete. And it's like, yeah, like same, same things happening in the Olympics right now. Yep. Like it's part of the sport. Get over it. I think it makes it way more interesting as a fan. And I think the cuts are more appropriate this year. Like I didn't really agree with the cuts in 2019. They were too early, too early, too aggressive, but also like you needed to get rid of the majority of the field. So mm-hmm. I, I understand it. But I think that once the field was reduced by like 70%, you could have slowed down the cuts. Cause I think having like one of the things you run into with reducing the field too, too soon is you remove, like there's, there's usually an opportunity for some like athletes to blow up the leaderboard either by winning or coming top 10 and you, you remove that potential. So what you see is then like these favorites or these top athletes just start like, like their margins of victory just go through the roof because there's no one there to take points away yep um 
so I, I didn't like that about 2019. I do like the cut schedule this year. There's going to be nine events before the field is cut. Um, the only thing that's kind of interesting to me is the cut from 30 to 20 happens with just one event. So mm-hmm. I'm really interested to see what that one event's going to be and how appropriate it is for making a, a cut. Yeah, but how much does one event really shuffle the leaderboard? Yeah, and that's... I mean, somebody could make a big jump, but for the most part, like, one event isn't going to shuffle the entire leaderboard. It's really going to affect the people who are in maybe, like, 17th to mm-hmm. 23rd. Yeah, which will be interesting. Yeah. Um, as a, as a, a person in the game, well, we're both we're around 30th finished 30th like the end of the games for us those last like that last day we're just kind of like out there to survive the weekend slash have fun yeah like you aren't it's it's very different for the top 20 and then the bottom 20 yeah on the weekend like after the the saturday it's kind of like okay you're just kind of there now to just have the experience like you're not going to make any big jumps you're not you know crushing it you're just a lot of people maybe are there for the experience and then hopefully next year they'll do better. So like, I don't hate that they're cutting the field that, that back 20 by the end of the weekend. You're I not really competing like, anymore. I had completely stopped warming up cause I couldn't handle the, vo- that, like the warm up volume. Like yeah. I would just show up, like do some reps, like, Oh, everything's cramping. Good. And then <laughs> your like- hands are torn. You're just like, right. You want the weekend to be over. Yeah. So I think like, I wouldn't um, have been mad if I couldn't compete on the Sunday. Yeah. Um, if someone was like, you're good, I'd be like, okay, phew. Okay. I'm going to go. Yeah. So I think the cuts are good. It's good from a spectator fan perspective. It's great from an athlete standpoint. It makes it more interesting. And, um, yeah, I think it's, I think it's good. They've been, there's a precedent set for cutting the field. There always has been. So, um, I think it's a good thing. Uh, Do you have anyone who you're like personally invested in or rooting for? I mean, I have, like, my friends. I always, like, I'm a good friend. We're both good friends of Carolyn Prevo, and I always cheer for her. I think she's a great athlete, and I'd like to see her have, like, at least make it through the cuts and have, like, a really good year. I think she's she's put in a lot of work. And what I love about her, she's a, she has a full-time job. Like, she's a teacher, and I just, I, I think that's so awesome. Yeah. That she's as good as she is and, like, has a full-time job but doesn't talk about the fact that she has a full-time job all she the time. She doesn't make it, like... Oh, I have a full-time job. Yeah. And like, there are some people who are like, oh, I have a full-time job, but, but really like, they have a part-time just, job. Not just that, but she also like plays hockey. Like she's super athletic. Yeah. She's, she got a CrossFit gym in her school. Yeah. Like she, she does all this stuff on the side to like, you know, help her community, help the school. Like she's just genuinely like a very good person. Yeah. And she can drink like eight vodka cranberries and it doesn't even like. It's amazing. She doesn't even, she's not even tipsy. <laughs> yeah. Um, she's got a lot of skills. Yeah, including she's, that one. I think given give her nine events and the ability to like actually do some athletic things, and she's she's one of the more impressive people out there from a, from an athlete standpoint. Yeah, I'm also super interested to see how Bailey Ray does. Yeah, she, it's the first time at the games and she like won Atlas. Yeah, and I'm like, I know at, you. Was she at Atlas? She didn't win Atlas. I oh no, she, she did. did. Yeah, the online. I only know her from Jessica through jessica griffith's instagram yeah and i'm like okay you're get your games athlete i didn't so it's gonna be super interesting to see how she does she's so I i'm think, gonna be watching her but also Haley adams she's been on a team before okay but hasn't this will be literally her first in-person individual competition yeah which is super interesting 
Like so, that's so, like, so rare. There are, there are athletes like that that I'm watching this year. I'm like, hmm, it'll be really interesting to see. And like Mackenzie, like there's a lot of people coming off like pregnancies. You have Kenzie, Annie, and Kara. I'm like, okay, you guys are going to be fun to watch too because yeah. how impressive is that? Yeah. Always Haley Adams. And then from the men's side, it's going to be interesting to see how some of the guys did last year. Yeah. Like um, Justin Medeiros, like how's he going to stack up this year? Yep. And then obviously with Matt Froning not there. Matt like Froning. Or Matt. Um, Fraser. Fraser. <laughs> how, who's going to win for the men? How's Vellner going to do? Yeah, the men's field has this like, we're not sure who the next mm-hmm. president is going to be feel like it's so it's so up in the air that it's pretty exciting like brand fikowski and and velner did not have good years in 2019 but like brent typically does better later in the weekend and he has the ability to to straight to win events at any moment so i think you give brent more opportunities to compete and you're just going to see him like he's going to hit some home runs what about you? Who are you watching? Well, hang on. And the reason why that's important is if he makes it into the top 20 and then he starts winning events, just remember what the point spread yeah. does in the top 20. Now you've, you're, you're incentivizing events win even more because an event win means you have more points between you and second, third. Um, yeah, personal favorites. Obviously, Prevo. Um, yeah, Kenzie, because I know her from back home and she's just great. Um I'm like, I'm so impressed with her. I don't think she was planning on qualifying this year. So, um, anyone who can do this at uh, an elite level with a kid, I'm always like, how do you do that? It's not even with a kid. It's like with a baby. (laughs) It's you had the baby and you're like, you didn't the mom. So you're doing like all the hard work. Yeah. Um, so super, like I'm impressed that she's even there and I think she'll do great because she's a really good competitor and will obviously do well in the swim. Um, yeah, as far as the rest of the girls, I just, I, I, I find, I'm not going to say that the teenagers are my personal favorites cause they're not, but I find them super interesting. Mm-hmm. I'm like most interested in Mallory O'Brien to see how she handles like a higher, a higher level of in-person competition. Cause she looked pretty steely at the granite games. So uh, I think she also has the potential to, to win some events. And again, if that happens, if she makes the top 20 and that happens in the top 20, that's just going to kind of catapult her up the leaderboard. Um, on the men's side, probably Chandler. Mm-hmm. Um, fun fact, Chandler asked me on a date one time. The <laughs> <laughs> Granite Games in 2017. Um, so that was awkward. And what was your response? I was like, my response was, do you know who Alex Parker is? And he was like, yeah, of course. I was like, she's my girlfriend. <laughs> he was like, oh, cool. <laughs> Well, I, Chandler's awesome. Um, yeah, he's, he's really great. And he's been around for so long. Like Chandler was that guy who you thought was a CrossFit games athlete. He'd hit like hadn't qualified. 2019 was his first year. Yeah. And so, but he's just been sort of kicking around forever in the Atlantic region. And he's, um, he's in the army. He did the army fitness thing for a while. And then last year, um, I guess his contract was up. So he left the army and he went to, he went to West Point. I don't, you don't probably don't know much about like U S military schools, but West Point's kind of a big deal. Um, so I just, I think he's super interesting and really talented. Um, and I can get over the fact that his Olympic lifting just really makes me nervous, um, to watch. So I think I'm excited to watch him. I'm, I'm excited to watch Noah. I think Noah's really put in the work and earned where he finishes and I hope he does well. Mm-hmm. Um, 
my upset of the year is going to be Justin Medeiros is not going to finish top five. And I will like go even further and say he won't finish top 10. Really? Yeah. Hmm. That's just my guess. I like him. I th- I hope he does well. I do too. Um, yeah. Just that's my prediction for him. Personally. He's been like getting help from Matt Fraser. I wonder how much that's going to. Yeah. I mean, I'm like kind of convinced. How that... much can it like a, like a champ help somebody in a small like I mean, I don't want to like go down the mat rabbit hole here, but he retired, but is also awkwardly trying to stay super relevant. All of His a sudden, Instagram is so bad. It's cringy. I'm like, oh, really? It's just, it's so bland and fake and just, ugh. Yeah. So I'm kind of <laughs> disappointed. My, that's my opinion. Yeah. Maybe an unpopular one, but whatever. I, mean, I, I kind of agree. Um, and we never agree on anything. <laughs> I would kind of like to see Justin do his own thing and be his own man and his own brand. And like, cause I just worry that Matt's got his claws in him and it's just going to become like mini Matt. And that annoys me because it's like, he's also part of podium now, which is the new yeah. supplement company. Yes. I think he's got enough of a, he's likable enough and he's got enough of a personality. He'll, he'll be fine. Yeah, sure. Um, do you think there's any, there are any new implements or new formats coming this year? Maybe I don't know. So we have the bag, but that's not really a new implement. I guess I'm, the I'm kayak. Just waiting is for like, like one. triple enders to show up. Like, oh, I hope. But not. then I don't. I don't think you can judge those properly. So I would really hate to be put in charge of counting yeah. someone's triple unders. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Um, I'll tell you what I think. Or what I'd like to see. I don't think there's going to be any new implements. I think maybe like a new, like you know that they have the, the hay bale thing mm-hmm. and then they had my year they had the barrel that you drug they had the snail the snail i think you might see something like that just like a new thing that gets dragged across the field but it's nothing or pushed across the field new yeah. type of sled new maybe like a strongman thing strongman's revenge kind of maybe like a yoke but different i don't know um i'm gonna say you'll see something new that marches across the field that's what okay. i think um, I would like to see, do you remember in 2017, they did the, they did the two, two, three intervals with the rope climbs and the yes, overhead squat. Yes. I really, really want that format to come back because I really think one of the missing tests frequently in CrossFit is repeatability. So yeah. you saw it last year with the swim GHD, like that one that they did in yeah. at the ranch. Um, so I, th- I think, I think it will come back. I hope it does. Cause I think that's one of the coolest test of fitness that there is because so often you know everyone at the top is in good enough shape or not everyone but a lot of people you don't really like you can come out hot you can manage your pace like you can kind of be all over the place you can blow up recover like it's that ability to like go hard again and again and again and have some repeatability that's sort of missed so I think that would be cool to come back I hope it does we forgot about one event and it's a really nasty one it's the running toast bar oh yeah which is going to be so fun to watch because 30 toast bar is going to be that's a number where it's like if you do that unbroken like with running that's very difficult your hip flexors are going to be mangled and just like it's not like it impacts your breathing when your core is that jacked up so that one is what it's 30 toast bar 1.5 mile run 30 toast bar 1.5 mile run 30 toast bar is that it yeah or is it the other way around might be the other way around anyways whatever it's going to be a good one to watch um and that one that might be the one that is the the event that cuts the field down maybe 30 to 20 Mm -hmm. and if that's the case i think that's a good workout that workout yeah 
that would be a good workout for that because you're really, you're going to say, okay, do you want it? Go get it. But yeah. you also have to know yourself. Yeah. But you also <laughs> have a limit. Yeah. So that's that. going to be, where's your line and how, like, how close can you get to that line and stay there? Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. That'll be a fun one. Um, rookie of the year. Well, we have to do our, who do you think's like, give me your top five. No, top I don't three. Who do you do think's going to win? Tia. Well, obviously Tia. I don't know. I, I can't decide. I was going to say Bethany, but that one's gone. I think like Haley will be up there. Katrin's always pretty consistent. Kara. Yeah. Yeah. So that's four. And then for the men, I think you're going to see, I think you're still see Jason Hopper up there in the top five. Pat Benler. Uh, Noah. BKG maybe. Uh, no one's really seen. Him. No one knows what he's up to. Yeah. I don't know. I, I never know. know about him. Um, yeah. Chandler. Maybe a Canadian. Another Canadian. Brent. Yeah, maybe Sam, maybe anyways, uh, we're terrible at predictions and hate doing it. So yeah. that was a non, and then those are in no particular order. Um, but I do think Tia's going to win, which sucks because it's super boring. Rookie of the year is going to go to Jason Hopper. You think? Yeah. You don't, he won Mac. Yeah. And Dave he, has like a thing for him. Well, that doesn't matter. I think like he beat, he beat Scott Panchik. And here's why I like that is a big that's huge and like so rookies you have you have him you have colton mertens mallory o'brien i don't think she's gonna make the cut mal is gonna be up there here's the the reason why if it it ends up being like jason or mal if they both finish top five it's gonna go to jason and i i think here's why it's because mal she's been competing in all these teenage divisions Mm -hmm. so like yes she's a rookie in individual competitions this is not the first time that she's competed like she's competed at this level agreed jason like he hasn't done anything i know like he was supposed to do i think atlas games last year was going to be his first ever competition and that was canceled yeah so impressive yeah he basically like went couch to not couch because he was a football player but um yeah, I think he's probably most in line to get it as long as he has a good weekend. And he's exciting. He's uh, he's super athletic. Super tall. Yeah. So, um, and then possibly the most interesting topic of discussion this year, which is why we left it for last, is the Reebok Flex. Love it. I think it's awesome. So if you're not familiar... Noble, so Reebok's contract ran out last year. They had a, what, 10-year contract with the CrossFit Games. So it was the Reebok CrossFit Games. And Reebok provided the outfits, the a lot of the prize money, and just kind of like brand representation. This year, it was no, well, it was known that it was no longer going to be Reebok. It might just be the CrossFit Games. They might not take a title sponsor. But then Eric comes in, new owner and CEO. You're Like, he's a business guy there's going to be a partnership and uh much to my dismay it's noble <laughs> um noble is a brand that came out of the crossfit space maybe back in like when did they start making those garbage shoes like 2016 2015 i don't know wasn't it ben bergeron isn't it his? he's involved yeah yeah um so anyways it's noble and um i hate noble I think i've actually never shoes. worn or like put on anything that they own because i just heard their shoes are really uncomfortable they're so i'm awful. like well, why would i buy those when i know i like reebok yeah 
Um, I'm just going to stick with Reebok. Plus, I get, you know, Reebok is sending me stuff sometimes. So, yeah. What up, Jordan? Um, yeah. So, Reebok, for a long time, in their co- contract with the CrossFit Games, it said athletes must wear Reebok and only Reebok, head to toe. So, you're only allowed to wear Reebok shoes. In 2019, that changed because that portion of the contract expired. So 2019 is when you saw people wearing Noble, wearing Nike, wearing Innovate. Whatever shoe you want to wear, wear it. Totally fine. Mm-hmm. Noble did not put the shoe requirement in their contract. Maybe because they know their shoes are shit. Um, so athletes are, and I think this is because athletes have shoe sponsors and it's like kind of a big deal. So you wear whatever shoe they, that you want. Reebok, genius move says we're no longer the title sponsor that's all right how about we do this we will add ten thousand dollars per event win if you're wearing reebok shoe and three thousand dollars if you get second yeah and so um the and you already get money if you win an event you I get think it's three, three grand. grand right it gets three two it. one yeah yeah so if you get second you get two grand if you get third you get one yeah for each and every individual event. So if you win a, an event wearing Reeboks, you get $3,000 from CrossFit and $10,000 from Reebok. Mm-hmm. It increases the individual prize purse by like between three hundred and thirty dollars and $350,000. Mm-hmm. Plus masters and teens and whatever they're doing for team. It's awesome. And like the reason why I like it, it's it's great for number one, great for the athletes. And I think that's that's the most important thing is it provides um, incentive. It it says like, hey, we know that it's expensive to do this sport and to travel and to pay for food, to pay for accommodations. All and you have to, to do- And to do CrossFit because you don't have a job. Yeah. But like win one event and your travel is covered. There, it's done. All I you mean, have to do is wear If Reebok. you win five events, like a lot of these athletes, their entire income, I mean, granted, they do have sponsors, but I just don't think there are big enough sponsors. Not for most for, people. For most people. Their, their yearly income comes from the CrossFit Games. Yeah, through like little, like piddly $1,000 a month spot, like sponsorships through prize money. But so most of it's CrossFit Games. Reebok. Because that's really like the biggest. Yeah, it basically, like it's it allows people who win multiple events, like now you're making a legitimate salary from the CrossFit Games, yeah, like fifty to sixty thousand dollars, like that's a lot of people live on that. So, um, I think it's it's great from that perspective first, and then I just think it's an epic flex. I think it's going to make it exciting because you're gonna you're gonna be looking at shoes and like, oh dang, that person just won ten grand because they're wearing Reebok. Yeah. On the flip side, you know, people were messaging me and they're like, so like people with noble contracts, like it would be, you know it would be an issue if they wore Reeboks. Like, yeah, of course. But like the same time, Noble is probably like, okay, Tia, we'll just give you like this much money. If, yeah. you know, we're not already giving you more money than Reebok, whatever well, give you. Yeah. And like, so Kara Sanders signed a contract with Innovate like this week. Yeah. And you can bet that, that like the prize money was part of the negotiation yeah. for her contract. Yeah. So I don't think these athletes who are winning, winning, events and wearing non-reebok shoes are necessarily like "Mm, i'm you know i'm losing out like maybe it's pretty unlikely because really like the only others it's like nike and noble yeah and like nike's probably going to help out their athletes if they're not already um but i think it's going to be more the people in the bottom half of the field yeah who don't have these big contracts 
who are going to be winning these events potentially just out of the blue like you know what if Kenzie wins the swim well I don't oh, wait. think Reebok makes the, <laughs> the fence can you put a Reebok sticker on your fence excellent I was actually gonna like make that joke and then you just made it so much better by saying it was it, it was a joke do you think I was joking what if you put on a pair of Reeboks like at the transition before you get in the kayak what if you don't wear the fins and you wear sneakers instead I like it <laughs> I'm so glad you said what that. if you wore the shoes on your hands hand shoes um yeah I'm an idiot <laughs> <laughs> god <laughs> Yeah, but I get to your point. Like, let's use a different of it. What if Kinsey what wins? What if you tattooed the Reebok on symbol your, on your forehead? On your yeah. forehead. Or, no, that still wouldn't work. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, if you would paint what looked like Reebok shoes onto your feet. But that wouldn't work because you're wearing fins. Yeah, but you finish in the kayak where you might be barefoot. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like, to my point there might be an athlete in the back of the pack like Prevo she could win a sprint event because she's fast yeah wearing Reeboks wearing Reeboks 10 grand for her like that's pretty sweet yeah because I don't think she has a big sponsorship no I think it's great um I think it's like it's they're out with it it's like this is what we're doing I think you might have company you might have Nike being like all right Jason Hopper who we just signed like we're going to give you, ten, if you win an event, we'll give you ten, 10 grand yeah, kind of thing. Like, totally. but it's under the table. Yeah. Like it's, it's not public and like, they, they don't have to be, that could just be in the contract, but like Reebok's just putting it out there for anyone. It's, they've always been, well, it might be smart for re for somebody like Nike or a company like Nike to keep it under the table. Cause people are be like, Whoa, those Nike shoes must be really good. If he's giving up 10 grand to wear them. Yeah. I'm not, I wouldn't make that connection. I would say like they must be paying him something that I don't know about, but, but for people who aren't as smart as us, I mean, okay. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, Reebok has been like in the community since day one. So this is a very community athlete oriented public thing to do. It's not a surprise that they're doing it in the way that they are. I just, I wasn't expecting something like that. So it was pretty cool. Totally. To see that they're, even though they're not the title sponsor, they're not going anywhere from a CrossFit perspective, they're going to be here. They're going to be the shoe of fitness. Like it's pretty awesome. Yep. Um, I think like thinking down the road, um, about the future of the sport, like they've talked about moving from Madison, which I think they will in 2023. Um, from a corporate sponsorship standpoint, like what do you, do you think they're going to stick with companies like Noble long-term? Like, what do you think? I think they have to get a bigger, bigger sponsorships in order to help create, make the sport more legitimate, like more professional, give the athletes like uh, be, be better options in terms of prize money. I think they, they have Dodge Ram now. That's Dodge Ram is involved. And that's like the first time that they've had somebody, a company like outside of the typical well, they've of. actually had Mercedes in the past. Oh, I'm not, I wasn't familiar There's with that. been, they've gotten involved in the past. Volkswagen has kind of like dipped their toe in the water. But like, I, th I think that like whatever was potentially going to happen with Mercedes, Greg blew it up. Hmm. Yeah. So we'll, I don't know what the deal is with Dodge Ram, but that's, yeah, that's a thing now. But I think you're right. I think they need to have somebody bigger involved and yeah. not just like these small companies that grew out of CrossFit 
like even RX Mark gear, it's like that's a pretty big company, but it's still so small in the grand grand scheme of things. Yeah, like we, if you want this, even sport Rogue, too. like it's yeah, it's a big company, but it's not. Yeah, Visa or no. Mercedes, Capital One. Yeah, yeah, it's. I think if you want the the sport to start to transcend like beyond the CrossFit community, which I think is important that it does that, we gotta get you got to get bigger corporate in- involvement and maybe you start to see that with events like Wadapalooza. Like maybe you start to see those levels of corporate commitment, um, like on smaller events first and then maybe eventually the, I saw this thing. I think that the best corporate sponsor for the CrossFit games would be Red Bull. Yeah. I, but I think that ship has sailed. Yeah. I think that, that they, again, I think that was explored and I think that Greg was not a huge fan of having a, what he believed to be a soda company um, sponsor the CrossFit games. But like, it's too bad because what Red Bull does really well is they bring publicity. They have a massive marketing team. They bring brand awareness and they're really effing good at running events. What's so weird to me is there aren't that many athletes who have these big followings who don't have sponsorships outside of CrossFit. So you remember Camille had Red Bull? Yeah. And then do you remember when... You brought this up the other day. Brooke had like had Tide like, Pods. She had like a laundry <laughs> detergent. And so Brooke, bless her, she posted, this was like back in 2017 maybe, she posted a, like an Instagram post of her like standing with this laundry <laughs> detergent talking about like, you know, whatever, laundry detergent things. And people in the comments were like, come on. <laughs> like, but like, come on, like she's trying to make a living I here. understand completely. Um, yeah. Also, but, and then Velner has Gillette. But, like, you don't see anything no. beyond the initial, like, announcement. So maybe they just use his likeness on Could be. their marketing. Because, like, he's a jack guy and, like, he might be well-known. But he's hairy. Yeah. He's manly. He's a lot to shave. And he's he's got red hair, so he's unique. Yeah. Um. But, yeah. So I I think it maybe I'm surprised that there hasn't been more of that. Like you look in Olympic sports, at least with skiing, because I'm more familiar with the people who are doing that at the high level. They have a ton of corporate sponsorships. Yeah. Like small, like Calgary based or wherever they're from. They just they reach out into the corporate world beyond like Atomic or Rossignol because you can only get so much out of those smaller companies. Yeah. But there's an easy way to represent them and you just put it goes onto your like your ski suit or whatever like yeah. the, whatever the, the it goes like on nature valley like yeah. those brands are involved yeah um it's just so odd that that hasn't happened yet in crossfit but i think what you'll but the also, reason so i think it is because you're every single person who's represented in crossfit is represented by like two people yeah so they There's all have like the two same agents. it's like oh you're sponsored by yeti now congratulations you and everybody else that's in mm-hmm. you know matt o'keefe's yeah little like circle of people and but remember like like Noble and Reebok before Noble, like you can't put other companies on your uniform. And that's the way that companies are represented in other sports is like, you know, you wear a patch that says like Nature Valley or you wear a patch that says Toyota or like mm-hmm. whatever. Like think about golf, right? But since everyone's required to wear the same uniforms, which by the way, now that we're on the topic of uniforms, I think the Noble ones are awful. Okay, I think they're fine. Um, They look like ratty gym clothes. <laughs> okay. Um. I mean, they're kind of, I guess like the grungy warehouse thing is kind of in, but like, I meant like Reebok always had like the colors and it was always like, you know, what are the Reebok colors? different, but they, they're trying to do it different. They could just use different colors, more muted. Remember with army greens and maroon. Noble's pride was gold and black. They just, they're trying to be different. Uh, 
stupid. Anyways, I miss the colors. I thought the colors really made the the games pop and like be visually very exciting. But there, what my point is is like these people on Instagram have like a lot of them have like three hundred thousand followers, which isn't nothing. Yeah, they can promote on Instagram. Yeah, it doesn't, and like the games is just one event. Yeah, these people have they're going to competitions all over the place, wearing whatever they want. Yeah, maybe like next year. Yeah, we'll yeah. see. Anyway, um. We got a lot in on that podcast. Yeah, this is a good one. Um, still excited to watch. I think uh, despite the crappy uniforms and Noble involvement, it's going to be really exciting. So tell us how you really think about Noble. I mean, I am. Yeah. I was laying it out there. Um, it's fine. Like, like talk about a glow up story. Like they really have done a lot in the past, like four years. I love you, gotta... how you just looked at your watch. Oh, it buzzed. Oh, okay. Um, I thought you were looking at is it and at what year is it? No, I'm not that old. Um, it's yeah, it's I guess impressive from like a business standpoint. I don't know what obviously what their like financials look like, but I think it's impressive. Um, they have sport like athletes in other sports. I just like I don't like them. I feel like all their athletes look the same. Like we need to get some diversity going here. Yeah. Uh, anywho. Yeah. Um. We hope you like that. We're going to do an Olympics podcast, I think, too, later, once there's a little more to talk about. It's too early. Um, hopefully the U.S. women team, women's soccer team, gets their shit together. Mm-hmm. But anything else? Anything on your mind? You look uncomfortable. I'm ready to just go and have some lunch. Yeah, I can understand that. That was fun. Yeah. Cool. Well, thanks for listening. Um, you know where to find us if you need us. Subscribe if you like it. Reach out on Instagram if you want to hear about other things. And we will talk to you guys again soon.